I'm just going to jump right into it. Luke chapter 2. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world, all the world should be registered in the original language. That's taxed. Taxation. Some things never change. Death and taxes. And Caesar Augustus wants his money. Uh, and this census first take place while Quirinius was governing Syria. That's a time stamp, by the way, uh, for you Bible scholars. And verse 4 says that Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was while they were there, that the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, Praising God and saying, literally singing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I don't know about you, but every time I read these verses from Luke chapter 2, in my mind's eye, I see Linus up on stage, right, reading from Luke chapter 2. Standing there, blanket in hand, he recites these words, of the true meaning of Christmas for Charlie Brown. You want to know what the true meaning of Christmas is? I'll tell you what it is. What you might not know is that that scene almost never made it to television. Uh, there was a debate with uh, Charles Schultz, who is the creator of the Peanuts cartoon, um, and uh, he had this debate with the producers. And uh, they told him, you can't put the Bible on television. And his reply was simply, if we don't do it, who will? And with that, he walked out of the room. And it left these producers looking at each other, and they're like, what are we going to do now? And basically, he had thrown down the gauntlet. He's like, either this gets in the television program that we're producing, or we don't produce the television program. And later, his wife, his widow, Jean Schultz, would say that he was so committed to sharing the true meaning of Christmas that he was willing to lose the television opportunity if he wasn't allowed to do it. And she went on to say, even if you're not a biblical scholar or someone who has read the Bible, Linus's scene is the high point of the show. Filmed in 1965, this is when this originally aired. I was born in 1964, and so this was, my, this was my entire life, seeing this cartoon every single year. I read an article recently of a, uh, a pastor, uh, author, commentator, uh, and he basically said, everything I need to know about Christmas I learned from Charlie Brown. <laughs> what makes these words... 
in Luke chapter 2, this is a question. What makes them so crucial that Charles Schultz was willing to give up literally millions of dollars if they weren't included? Think about it. Millions of dollars on the table, and he basically says, if, if these aren't in there, I'm out. And why should that matter to you and me tonight? That's going to be our focus tonight, and we're going to dig in, and we're just going to focus on verse 14, which is the song of the heavenly host. They sing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There's three key phrases that we're going to take note of in this simple verse, and those key phrases are peace on earth, goodwill to men, and glory to God. We're going to begin with peace on earth. That sounds great, doesn't it? Peace on earth. For you moms, just the word peace sounds great. You're like, you had me at peace. Peace, yes, amen. You moms can identify with the great theologian Alanis Morissette who said, peace of mind for five minutes, that's all I crave, right? And you moms say amen to that. I don't know if you're like me. I was reading on social media. Somebody posted this. They said, Mary, exhausted, having just gotten Jesus to sleep, is approached by the little drummer boy who thinks to himself, what this girl needs is a drum solo, right? <clears throat> I don't know about you. I think 2020 has been one long drum solo, right? <clears throat> Here's the problem with peace. It's elusive, have you discovered that? Peace is an elusive creature. Harrison Ford was being interviewed one day and the interviewer going on and on and finally Harrison Ford just blurted out. He said, you know what? People always want what they ain't got. And this interviewer said, Harrison Ford, actor, millionaire, movie star, what ain't you got? His answer, peace. And maybe you can identify with that tonight here on this Christmas Eve. Peace. Man, I could use some peace. If you're there, you're not alone. This is a, a universal thought. I was sharing, you know, I was just talking with, with Jaden and Mark uh, backstage in between services, and I was sharing with them, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends who pastor churches, and 2020 has been nothing but, but strife and turmoil. We've seen it everywhere. Sadly, we see it in our families. We see it in our churches. There are people quitting the ministry because they're just overwhelmed and thinking, man, where, where, where I need to go for peace and, and making radical decisions because they lack peace. In 1863, the American poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote a poem, and it was later turned into a Christmas carol. You may be familiar with it. It's entitled, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Here's how it starts. He said, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiars carol played, and mild and sweet, their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Five years before he wrote these words, there was a time of great optimism in our world. The transatlantic telegraph had just been laid between Great Britain and America. 
And it ushered in the birth of modern communications. You might not know that today. We enjoy such incredible communications today. You have in your pocket, at your disposal, all of the information available on the internet, which fills all the libraries of the world. You can at any moment just ask your phone, hey Siri, any sort of question and, and all of the information is at your fingertips. There is, there is so much more computing power. You know the spacecraft that took the Apollo astronauts to the moon had the computing power of a pocket calculator. And your phone has this incredible communication technology that is, that is unsurpassed. We've never experienced anything like this. It's astounding. The people who did the transatlantic, uh, you know, uh, telegraph cable uh, would have just, their minds would have been blown. You just At any moment, you right now could call anybody on the face of the earth and, and talk to somebody real time. Just absolutely incredible. But that was birthed five years before he wrote this poem. And now what it ushered in, it heralds the promise of prosperity. It was an incredible advance, technologically speaking. And you know, the very first message that they sent on this transatlantic telegraph cable was Luke 2.14, the song of the angels. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. But here now, just a few years later, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was living in a situation where he had no peace. His wife had tragically died just a few years before this in a fire. The Civil War was raging in America, it was ripping our country apart, much like we see our country being ripped apart today. His son had been wounded. Word had come to him that he was a soldier in the, in one of the, in, in the army there, in the Union Army, and he'd been wounded, and he had no idea of, of his current state. And here at Christmas time, very likely, with this reflection of all of this hope, all of this prosperity, the very first message being Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And he penned his struggle between this seeming disparity, between God's promise of peace to the world and the profound lack of peace in the world. For us to understand the promise of peace that the angels sang about, we have to understand that second key phrase of this song, goodwill toward men. The Bible tells us that when God created mankind, that he created us for a loving relationship with himself. And that relationship was one of peace and it was one of harmony with both God and with his creation. And we see it reflected in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 1. It says, then God blessed them, speaking of Adam and Eve, his creation. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And he goes on to conclude, God saw everything that he had made and indeed, it was very good. But mankind rebelled against God. And sin then entered the world, and as a result, the Bible says that our sins have now separated us from that peaceful, loving unity with God the Father. 
Paul, writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 8, he said the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. And that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. And you know, in our sinful state, not only can we never please God, but we can never truly please ourselves. We might think so, but it's just a fleeting pleasure that lasts just for a moment. It sums up your life. You know, the Bible says, what is your life? It's a vapor. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone. And so you can never truly please yourself outside of a relationship with the Lord, and you can never really truly find the peace that your heart longs for. C.S. Lewis said, God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. And you know, some of you ex have experienced this. You, you firsthand know that elusive search for happiness and peace. If I can just get that job, if I can just pay my bills, if I can just get that girl, if I can just get rid of that girl, <laughs> if I can just get that guy elected, if I could just get that governor recalled, whatever it is, right? This elusive. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You will never truly find peace in this world. You can have all of your dreams fulfilled. All of your hopes and wishes can be answered. And you, like Harrison Ford, can be left in the place where you say, you always want what you ain't got. But what ain't you got? Peace, peace. You'll never find peace in this world because, listen, the world has no peace to give. You're not going to find it in your bank account. You're not going to find it in your stuff. You're not going to find it in a new relationship. You're not going to find it even in a cure for COVID. You're not going to find it in a new president. You ain't going to find it in a new governor. Why? Because we have a deeper problem. The Latin theologian Thomas Merton put it this way. He said, we are not at peace with others because we are not at peace with ourselves and we're not at peace with ourselves because we're not at peace with God. Amen. And ultimately, as far as true peace is concerned, it doesn't make any difference who's in, in office, how much money you have, it doesn't matter. There's a guy by the name of Epictetus who was a first century author, a pagan, didn't know the Lord, and yet he understood. He wrote this. He said, while the emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man yearns for even more than outward peace. And that, my friends, is what makes the song of the angels here in Luke chapter 2 verse 14 so special. Because it's the promise of peace with God, peace that only God can give, peace from God, and peace through God working in and through your life in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Brenda and I were driving just the other night. We took our grandkids and we went out to look at all the Christmas lights, the houses that had won different contests. And uh, I got a kick out, out of one of the, the guy. He had... Um, um, the, uh, what, what's the guy's name from uh, National Lampoon, the Christmas, uh, 
Griswold, Chuck Griswold, right? Is it yes. Chuck Griswold? Whatever. It was, is that his name? Clark Griswold. There you go. Right? Blasphemy. I got it wrong. Clark Griswold. They had his picture on their award. It was the Clark Griswold Award. Brenda goes, clearly this guy is retired. Doesn't have any other, doesn't, doesn't have nothing but time on his hand. Um, just this elaborate display. But as we went, I wanted to kind of set the mood. So in our radio, I, I, sort, I set Christmas songs just rotating through. And a Harry, Harry Belafonte Christmas song came on. And immediately I was in tears because it brought me back to my childhood. My grandfather loved Harry Belafonte. And I just remember every Christmas they'd go all out. And I remember this song. It's called Mary's Boy Child. Maybe you remember it. Long time ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible say, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hark now hear the angels sing, a new king born today, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Trumpets sound and angels sing, listen what they say, that man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. See, Jesus said to his disciples, these things I've spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. That's a promise. We don't frame it and put it on our walls, but it's a promise. In the world, you will have tribulation, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. See, the Bible declares that God, who is rich in mercy because of, and take note of this, his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Why do we give gifts to one another on Christmas? to commemorate the greatest gift that mankind's ever received, the gift of Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. And don't miss it. Paul, speaking to the Ephesians in the verses I just read, he says that God gave us the gift of his Son because of his great love with which he loved us. John 3.16, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have everlasting life. See, a lot of people relate to God as an angry God. And he's ticked off at you. And he just is just waiting to fry you like an ant with a magnifying glass. And sometimes you feel that way. But listen, that's not God's heart. God's heart is that he loves you. He loves you desperately loves you with an, with an incredible love so much that he would send his only begotten son. See, here's God's goodwill towards man. It's that he didn't forsake us even though we forsook him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's why Jesus came. He came to die. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Again, Paul speaking to the Romans, he said, God did what the law couldn't do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies that we sinners have. 
This is, by the way, why the prophets called Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. Paul continues, in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And he did that so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied in us through Jesus is the idea. For God, Paul told the Corinthians, made him who knew no sin to be sin or literally to become sin. For us, that we might become the righteousness of God, not through doing good and trying harder, but through Jesus' good work on the cross. Charles Spurgeon said, The newborn king made his appearance. The swaddling cloth with which he was wrapped up was the white flag of peace. And this is the result of that gift. It's true peace. It's lasting peace. It's peace with God Why? Because of his good will toward us. See, we think about peace on earth, good will towards men. We think about it in the terms of, oh, I'm going to be an ambassador of peace, and I'm going to have good will towards my brother. And that's great, and that's what we should aspire to, and that should be the result of an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. But that is not the focus of the angel's song. The focus of the angel's song is that you can have peace with God because of his good will towards you by giving the gift of Jesus as a peace offering. That's why Charles Spurgeon says that the newborn king made his appearance in the swaddling cloth with which he was wrapped up was the white flag of peace. The manger was the place where the peace treaty was signed whereby warfare should be stopped between man's conscience and his God. It was then, that day, the trumpet blew. Sheath the sword, O man. Sheath the sword, O conscience. For God is now at peace with man. And man at peace with God. This is a peace that gives us hope for today. It gives us hope for tomorrow. It gives us hope for all eternity. No matter what state the earth is in, no matter what state your bank account is in, no matter what state our nation is in, no matter the thing that mocks the song of peace on earth, in Jesus Christ, we have hope. That's why when Henry Wadsworth Longfellow penned his poem, he includes despair, but he doesn't end there. Listen again. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play and mild and sweet, their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men, but in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and it mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then rang the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Listen, right prevails because it's not the earth's peace that Jesus brings. It's God's peace that he brings. It's a peace that surpasses our circumstances. It's a peace that surpasses our understanding. It's a peace that's given according to his good will for you and for me. And so we end tonight where the angel songs Begin giving glory to God. The Bible says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God 
with us. The Bible says that he came to save you and me, his people from his sins, from our sins. He came to give his life, the Bible tells us, as a ransom for many. And he promises to give to you if you will trust in him. He promises to give to you and me a future and hope. And we can live forevermore because of Christmas Day. What then shall we say to these things? Paul asks the Romans, and I ask you tonight, what more shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And he concludes this thought by saying, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us, here it is, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is a vehicle through which God's goodwill brings to you peace, And it causes our hearts to bring him glory. Tonight I close with a benediction. And my benediction is this, that my prayer is that God would give you his peace tonight. That he would give you goodwill towards your friends. That he would give you goodwill towards your enemies. That he would give you goodwill towards your neighbors. Some of you, it's the same thing, enemies and neighbors. But that God would give you that goodwill as a result of his goodwill. And that he would give you grace to give glory to God in the highest. Amen.